So welcome to Sundays on the East End with Bridget Leroy and Alex Sokolow. We're coming to you from our location at the Bridgehampton Inn and Restaurant, which I didn't even know this. It's the best kept secret. They serve breakfast to the public from 8 to 1030 every day, along with the dinners at, at 5 o'clock. And by the public, you mean people that you don't have to stay here to enjoy their kitchen. Exactly. That's what I mean. And we give thanks to uh, Sibylla, who's an old friend who's uh, sponsoring the show now. So thanks to the Bridgehampton Inn and Restaurant. Whoop, whoop. Whoop whoop! And uh, what's going on with you? It's yeah, it's been a little bit. A little bit. Uh, let's see. I got divorced. Um, <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Tried to sell my house. That didn't work. Congratulations. Um, I, I know. I like my house. Um, you have to say that sometimes you have to be like happy for the things you don't get as well as the things that you I'm get. I'm always happy for the things I don't have. Yeah. Um, what else happened? It's just good. It was a good month. I hung out with uh, with my kids. Yeah. Um, Play with my dog. Uh, went and saw a trombone shorty up at Tanglewood. Oh, cool! Not, not a bad month. No, that's great. And your your picture was on the cover of the Independent. Oh, and I hit a home run in the Riders' Art game. I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> did I, you I, hit I did that. Run? I did. I went yard. Oh my God, that's <laughs> that's so awesome. It was surprising to me, probably more than anybody. Oh, well, I haven't lifted my head uh, the entire month of August because it's so. That's right. You took over a lot of the responsibilities that you were doing anyway. Today, at, at the today the Independent. Tomorrow the world so yeah you know i just have been work work working in the newspaper business it's kind of our busiest month so august august why yeah. is that the busiest just because there's so much going on and the papers get so big i mean i'm certainly oh, out not here it's the busiest month. yeah 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 out out in the hamptons it's the busiest month so i'm just kind of trying to bring myself down did you go to a, a lot of events in august I, I did, you you know me pretty well, because we've known each other a super long time. You know that I, I like to come early and leave like immediately. I'm not touching that yeah, one. Yeah, I don't, I, you um, know what I mean. I like to come, the, I like to arrive at events just before they begin, get as much food in my stomach as I can, say hi to everybody, press a lot of flesh, you know, hello, 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 and then I like to scoot before the right, noise but, level but rises. I, so I proudly did not get invited to or attend anything in August. I went to events almost every single night. Okay, what was your favorite? 
um, geez, uh, probably, well, Authors Night, which is good. We're going to bring our, our guests on soon, and we've got Stephanie yeah, Krikorian. We're talking books, we're talking authors, we're talking all the good stuff. Yeah. Back to school. Well, Stephanie, open let me... Open your mind. Oh, listen. <laughs> okay, open your mind. That's a good segue, because we have Stephanie Krikorian, who wrote a book called Zen Bender, and we also have Taylor Berry from Berry & Company Books in Sag Harbor, and uh, both of them are going to talk to us about like how to wind down. Both are, and well, also I think both are spiritual warriors who are uh, have have spent their lives and energies uh, in the pursuit of the written word and the celebration of it and yeah. uh, of ideas. And so that's pretty cool. He puts things really well, doesn't he? he uses really well done. yeah, like uh, Mel Brooks says, you use your tongue prettier than a twenty dollar whore. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you don't know where my tongue's been. Oh so. God. <laughs> Say, but gee whiz, I know. I just here. don't know where we're going with this. So we were going to do this about like de-stressing and relaxation. Down. Oh, this but is winding down. I, you're not. I'm, I don't know. I'm getting. I'm getting overheated. My my heart's going fast now. I'm really not sure. Anyway, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I do declare. Well, we do. Um, but we do want to talk about books and and I mean for for me that literally is how I relax and tune out as I open a book. Do you know what I'm reading right now? What are you reading right now? You won't believe it because I'm embarrassed. I'm reading To Kill a Mockingbird for the first time. Oh, you know, I, I, I read that book like probably every five years. I, it's one of my favorite books. I'm just, loving I it. I love the way Harper Lee uh, just puts her words together and paints all her pictures in that. And I mean, I've seen it so many times. Like I've seen the film and I've I seen I don't want to know that Atticus Finch is secretly a racist. I, don't wanna re I didn't read the sequel. She didn't want that out in the world. I respect that. <laughs> Yeah, so th that's what I do. I, I read books to relax. I mean, what do you do? I mean, you, you practice meditation, don't you? I do, I but do also I, I tend to, you know, because of, you know, mining uh, my own fiction stuff, um, when I read, I tend to not want to read fiction. So I read a lot of history and biographies, and I like, I like reading about innovation. I like reading about how the world became. I mean, we, we could talk about books. We talk about the printing press, uh, uh, Gutenberg, right? That was, and uh, oh, you you learned well at yeah, at the school yeah, but, that but we here, attended but, but, together. But, but here's what's so fascinating, right? So and this is going off on a little bit of a tangent. Um, so Gutenberg, uh, he didn't originally create that printing press to be a printing press. He created it to be something else, and it failed. And then he saw it could be a printing press. And while that was going on uh, in in Murano, off the coast of uh, Venice. Uh, glass was being really improved, and so sure. uh, reading glasses kind of came into existence, and the combination kind of created the explosion of literacy. Right, it's syzygistically uh, occurring. As well as, with the glass being better, proper mirrors so you can see reflections. So you also have this narcissism in literacy, and within 100 years, you get Shakespeare. <laughs> so. Wow, you really jumped ahead to the ending there. Right? I'm a screenwriter. I'm just going to cut to the chase. Yeah, cut to right? the chase, like absolutely. That's, but like that's, no, but I'm saying. Storyboard so, it. But but prologue. right, no, but but that you know, books and the explosion of books and the explosion of literacy uh, has has so impacted uh, you know the world in the last four or five hundred years. Uh, most people in, in read now, uh, you know. Well, if they don't, they watch movies, which come from books mostly. Used to, kind yeah. of. Yeah, yeah, no, and and so. Um, I mean, it's the the narrative. I have a great relationship with my books. I hate throwing out books. I, it's I have boxes of books that uh, that I no longer have I have no more room for, in my basement. You, you know? cannot, I, I have all of Tony Walton's books, just about lots to of them. To Kill a Mockingbird is a great I'm, read. I'm That's, reading it on my Kindle. It feels weird. 
I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but I do have to read books on wait, my wait. Kindle. Oh, wait, and wait, I just killed the, the bookstore. Um, uh, Salinger just uh, his estate just allowed uh, Catcher yeah. in the Rye Catcher to be on a Kindle, right? Yeah, but I do That's read real bummer. books too because there's nothing quite like a real book like the Bible, or like or like, <laughs> or like the books joy about of film, like real oh. books. No, yeah, but Joy Cooking Cookbooks is one thing that uh, you always. I mean, you always have to have an actual book as far as I'm concerned. It's like a teddy bear. It, it needs to be well loved. It needs to have out, stains How come all they over haven't it? figured out how to make cookbooks where you can lick the page and taste the recipe? Oh, okay, Willy Wonka. <laughs> scratch and smell. Go, scratch and smell. Absolutely. You are Seriously. the Willy Wonka right? of wouldn't, authors. Wouldn't it make you want to cook what's on that page they more? They have a whiskey and wine book. That's that. It's a uh, scratch and, scratch and sniff book. Wine. That's really? Taylor Berry from Berry and Company. Yeah. Uh, anyway, we, we probably should take a break now. We're really going yeah, nowhere so nice. with this. No, well, we are. We're just, it's, it's, like you said, we're easing back into yeah. both the show and also into uh, September. Um, and so, uh, cool. Let's take a break. Okay. Well, well, you're listening to us here on WPPB 88.3, Long Island's only NPR station. You can also stream us online at 883wppb.org. And uh, we're coming to you from the Bridgehampton Inn and Restaurant. We'll be right back after this. Sundays on the East End with Bridget Leroy and Alex Sokolow. You're listening to us on 88.3 WPPB FM, Long Island's only NPR station located in Southampton, but we are in Bridgehampton. 
at the Bridgehampton Inn and Restaurant, which we just missed breakfast, but maybe next time we'll actually get some breakfast here. Yeah, the food is amazing. They tend to have it here every day. Yeah, well, they have the Loaves and Fishes cook shop next door and like um, this really cool water thing. Do you, you see like it's got... It's called a glass, Bridget. No, it isn't. It's called it's probably some weird Dan karof. Danish name. Karof. <laughs> oh, a karof. Menu. But anyway, they, they, they the menu. it had the word menu. It's called, it's a menu brand one, right? Yeah, and they have all that stuff in the cook shop next door. But anyway, let's bring on our guests. You'll come for breakfast. You'll stay for the cook shop. Yes. All right, and let's talk. Dinner. Let's talk. Whatever. Books. Let's talk. We have two guests. Yes, we do. Stephanie Krikorian, author of Zen Bender. Hi, Stephanie. Hi. Welcome. Thanks Welcome. for having me. Th thanks for coming on. Yeah, Thank we you. met at the uh, author's night. Yes, that was a great night. That was really, really fun. I, I call it speed dating with authors. You just get to boom, boom, <laughs> yeah, boom. Yeah, 100 authors under one tent. I know. We have Taylor Berry from Berry & Company, which is one of my favorite little places to hang out. I love it. Berry, Berry & Company books. And uh, hi, Taylor. Hi, everyone. Hi, hi there. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. Um, just come a little closer. Oh, to yes, ma'am. Okay. Um, anyway, but we, we're here talking about books and relaxation and I, I don't know first of all tell me Stephanie tell me about tell us about your journey to this book because you were or still are a, a what's called a ghostwriter yes so I my first career was in the news I was a newspaper reporter you know between undergrad and graduate school and then where, I where are you well let's let's where where was this okay so I worked for the Grimsby Independent which is a very tiny newspaper in Canada southern but Ontario. it was called the Independent <laughs> yes yes it was in where in Ontario oh uh, is nobody's probably ever heard of it Grimsby Independent it was very tiny my first job right by Moose Jaw yeah, nowhere near, but close. Everybody, everything in Canada, right? Close. Um, and then I went to Syracuse University for graduate school and ended up, I took television, radio, and film and ended cool. up working at CNBC for a decade and um, some other places. Yeah, like Kramer, good guy, crazy guy. He was crazy not there guy. when I was there. I mean, we were ships passing in the night. I had moved oh, on okay. to yeah. Business Week. Plausible by deniability. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, gosh. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so I was at Business Week, and um, we were producing a television show there, and I got, like, a lot of people in 2008. The show got canceled, and we got laid off. And I had um, written a book for a nutritionist that I was seeing to try to lose weight, and she had all these funny lines, and I said, you should write a book. You know, her funniest was, you, look, you can either eat your dinner or drink your dinner, but you can't do both. And that's when I was like, oh, you got to do a book. So I went to the bookstore and got a book on how to write a nonfiction book proposal. We wrote it together. We sold it. And then I lost my job. So that was sort of my side hustle, as they call it today. And I went on 31 job interviews in TV. I finally landed something. But I had started ghostwriting by that point for well-known self-help celebrities and so let's, um, let's talk a little yeah. bit about ghostwriting sure. um is, i want to talk about ghosts yeah well, we can do that no <laughs> but like but, but yes since we're here like when when you would approach a project do you try to find somebody's voice or do you basically try to just listen and say i'm going to create the structure and the framework and then this other person is going to come in and put their voice in no i think my job is to capture their voice really also. they just want to collect a check so they no they I my, they hire me to make sure it sounds like them. So okay. it's their their um their content. They're a hundred percent responsible for the content, the story. It's their work, or if they're you know if they're a nutritionist, for example, it's their diet plan. I'm not making up any words. That's wild. I mean, both you and Taylor probably because Taylor owns a bookstore. You probably have to do like a lot of research on things that you didn't think you needed, like. It, 
I mean, just to kick it over to Taylor yeah. for a sec, like you have different sections in your bookstore and you probably have to do some research to because it's small it's a wonderful little like treehouse of a bookstore above uh, jack's it's above J- jack's, jack's Sturbrew the and the baking company on, uh, division, on, street. on division street yeah and uh, so how do you kind of i hate the word curate when it's not about art it's curation but. i mean i curate our, our selection i knew when we downsized a little bit that i wanted to have what i call our essentials so i went about looking at you know, what you have to have in every section. So when you talk about nutrition, there's kind of the five nutrition books that you have to have in a section. And then you build from there. And I think when you talk about ghostwriting, because I was thinking about this when you were saying it, not everybody's also a good writer, but people are good storytellers. Right. So that's something that I think a ghostwriter has to kind of nail. You find their voice and you write the story, but it's still essentially theirs. I right. love ghostwriting. Right. And, and yeah. I bet another question about ghostwriting, uh, are you credited or is it purely like you're just behind Depends. the scenes? <laughs> it's all part of the negotiation, actually. Uh-huh. So sometimes I'm credited um, and yeah, sometimes before, I'm a... Before we went on the air, I was like, so tell me some of the 20 books that you've ghostwritten. And there was like this long pause because, of course, can. she had to think of the ones that she could oh, tell you me about. Oh, you have to sign like a non-disclosure? In many cases, yeah. It's, they're sealed up, so it's you're basically the mistress you're never discussed you do not exist <laughs> i love it and yeah. but you get paid one of my but, favorites but you get paid <laughs> right there's yeah. also instances though andre agassi is open jr moringer originally started as a ghostwriter and then andre gave him credit in it and said i couldn't have this isn't just my story it's ultimately his as well and now that's kind of public knowledge that's cool that, that's very cool yeah it's that's knowledge really awesome. that he wrote the story but at the time it was very yeah. Right, and that's there, the case in many. They'll the thank you in the acknowledgments in a way that doesn't, you know. Yeah. Maybe it's a One of my favorite ghostwriting anecdotes I read: uh, Billy Wilder, the the old uh, now now deceased uh, director and writer, who mm-hmm. I think is like the the kind of dean or the patron Love saint of screenwriters. Like, um, uh, um, what's started, the Marilyn Monroe Tony Curtis? I just suddenly blanked on it. Uh, Some like it hot. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, no, uh, but he started off as a ghostwriter in in Austria and. Uh, young and was trying to get his footing and um, was so successful that he got so much work as a ghostwriter that he had to then find another ghostwriter to handle the, his overflow. <laughs> that that's be a luxury so yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh. That's like, like Dali, like Salvador Dali, like getting other people to paint his paintings for him. So suddenly you're like getting... Dali. Dali with yeah. an accent. But anyway, let's talk a little bit about relaxation because I need... I need to relax. And Stephanie Krikorian has written this book, Zen Bender, about kind of having all of this, trusting your intuition, basically the Wizard of Oz thing. It was inside you all along, getting mileage out of the Wizard of Oz here. And um, and Taylor, besides books, you have a lot of other things that you carry in your store. We so do. This well, let's talk. Sure. Your store, how, how long have you been at this location? So I've been at this location. We opened up in the beginning of May. Okay. And the previous location was on Main Street. On Main Street for five years. Which was fantastic. Main Street, Sag Harbor. Such yeah. a bummer yeah. that it, it... You know, I think it's... It, it was a bummer. There's no doubt about it. Closing a space is never fun. It was my baby. I built it. I loved it. But the new space has such a different spirit. Cool. I keep. It's funny. When people walk in, they're like, oh, we feel like we just stepped into your soul, which is lovely. And then they'll say, it's so much better than the other store. Than your like, other soul. I'm like, great. <laughs> your other like, soul really sucks. It's, it's like telling me that my first child was awful like, <laughs> yeah, once I have the second okay. baby. Yeah. So, right. But, you know, yeah, it's it's a different store. It's it's wonderful. I love it. I'm pleased And you're staying in the present, so now you're... You're now I'm yeah I'm all about yeah. this space. This so tell, gonna tell love us it. some of the things that you carry besides books. So when I did this store, we went from being Harbor Books to rebranding as Berry and Company, and I did that because we had really known going into it that I was going to expand 
our teas, botanical, and our CBD selections. So I'm an herbalist as well as a bibliophile. Um, and I think so much as we talk about relaxation, while CBD is certainly kind of the, the herb of the moment, there are so many that are phenomenal as I sit here and have tea. What kind of tea are you having? Just regular? I think this is an Earl Grey at the moment. I didn't request it. They surprised me. Oh, good. But it tastes Earl Grey. It might, it might self-identify as chamomile, it might. though. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> we do allow it to do that. Um, and tell me about uh, some of the, I don't know, like life hacks in your book, Stephanie. I tried everything that I, you know, I did Reiki. I did um, acupuncture I love. I do that kind of as preventative medicine now. Um, but ultimately for me, I try to meditate. I do try. In, I figure That's I can, the whole point of meditation is to try. To try. And I kind of think all of these things are ultimately meditative in some way. The Reiki is, you know, whatever. But, but your story was that you went in like too many directions. So you can actually get stressed out trying to find ways to relax exactly and I kind of tackled everything like it was my job like okay I'll go to this <laughs> rainbow healer and go get a big brick of cash and pay for the five sessions because she's you know promising xyz is going to happen and yeah. everything's going to be great and you want to get an a as well and you want to get yeah so, kind of counterintuitive to the entire e exactly <laughs> well, you, well you know what though like so I, I had my little time of doing yoga out when I lived in Los Angeles and I actually stopped largely because it stressed me out I hated the whole gestalt around what was supposed to be an internal, ultimately relaxating, or relaxating? Relaxing. <laughs> relaxing. Relaxicating. Alex Sato, uh, a writer. And, no, I know, I make up words all the time. We can fix it in post. We can it's fix okay. it in post. No, um, or it's a new word. We've coined it. Yeah, We're exactly. Relaxicating. It. it was pancreatic. <laughs> Um, Can you say that? Relaxicating. We're, we're relaxicating. Okay. Uh, no, no, but, but I, I, I stopped because it was very stressful. Yeah, I mean, it is, I think, especially with some of the things you do for weight loss, that it's so stressful that you never end up losing weight because you're so worried about measuring in ounces and macros and, you know. And, and let me ask you this. Uh, like, has weight loss or weight been something that you have focused on for a lot of your life? Yeah, of uh, my adult life, definitely. And I think, you know, in, in the book, I tackle everything from dating to spirituality to weight loss, everything sort of sectioned off and all the things I threw at it. And weight loss is one of the things, of course. I, everybody wants to be smaller. I'm always stressed out about my middle section. And, and, and have you dug a little deeper as to why? Well, it's, it's funny because after all the diets and the fad diets, it's really acupuncture kind of calms me down, but ultimately walking and a little bit of meditating is I really have to work that in to find the success because then you're sort of present and you're not measuring you're not thinking and you're right just but wrong. I'm I'm actually thinking about self uh, identity like like what you think about yourself that that becomes your focus yes and it's very hard. sounds like you're gonna have to write a sequel very sequel stressful very <laughs> no, 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 but no that's, it's a big part of the discussion that's an interesting journey it is it's and it's a big part of the discussion it's um one of the things i tackled one of the books was the marie kondo book and oh. you have to take all your clothes out of your closet and pile them up and throw out anything that doesn't bring you joy well nothing brought me joy because nothing fit me so i have a closet with like a few items in it now and nothing to wear Wait, gandhi died with like a rice bowl and a robe i'm, I'm oh, just but i think something someday something might br it might bring me joy I like pick up an old jacket. I'm like, well, <laughs> today it doesn't, but tomorrow this it, could it bring might. me joy. I'm not getting Marie rid of it. Marie Kondo wouldn't like that. No, Marie Kondo currently bring me. you joy. Yes, yeah. I know. I could never. I mean, I have so many clothes in so many places, stored and hidden all over the oh, place. Oh yes, you got to pull them all out. No, pile them all up. No, and you know what? We're talking with Stephanie Krikorian, who is a book Zen Bender, a decade long enthusiastic quest to fix everything that was never broken, was just just dropped a couple of weeks ago. 
um, and Taylor Berry from Berry and Company Books. Um, I I once had a total panic attack because I was with a therapist who decided that they wanted to do like a little bit of hypnosis on me. And I had to close my eyes and she said, go to your happy place. And I didn't have one. Oh, wow. So I was like, God, think of a happy place right away. I just didn't have a happy place. Like the place. movie Get Out, you just kind of fell into the darkness? Yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Uh, yeah, I mean, I just didn't have a happy place. So when so when nothing sparks joy, it's I had like, great oh. success with a hypnotherapist when I still lived in L.A. and was quite unhappy and stumbled on somebody who in uh, half a dozen or a dozen uh, sessions uh, just cleared so much clutter out of my head, and the the sign, and I, and, and it was one of those like, um, you know, your inner dog is talking to you where, and I'm like in Montauk. I got to get back to Long Island. <laughs> is that what brought you back here? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Oh my gosh, pretty much. I'm so glad that you came back here, and we're doing this show. I know we're old old friends, you know. So anyway, Taylor, what about you? Um, I, I mean, think similar to you, reading is kind of my zone. But I think also finding when you talk about multitasking all of these zenning out things, I do have the imposter series, you know, feeling of when you're in, you know, Shavasana or whatever the heck it's called. Shavasana. Shavasana. See, I don't, I lay there and I'm like, I can't calm down. I'm not relaxing. Nothing's calming down. I just don't, it's only when I read books Hmm. that I really... And and out. and all right, and and I feel the same way. I, I'm a crossword puzzle addict, mm-hmm. and so I really do those is. to zen out. And Love I that. and and you're it, learning. But it also it just stops the cycle of obsessive thought. It requires a lot of concentration. That's mm-hmm. really yeah. funny because for me, car, I'm sorry, crossword puzzles were the opposite for me because what I used to do when I when I I, I have a history of drug and alcohol abuse is I used to go down to my basement and just concentrate like really intensely on doing every single piece of the, and this is before the internet you can look words up and stuff so I had dictionaries encyclopedias I and the New York Times Sunday crossword puzzle and I just would not stop and not even the Sunday which is the more difficult one there was like there's one that's like below Tuesday. yeah 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 something like that I was just insane so crossword puzzles for me now yeah, it's a little OCD kind of, for me but yeah. it also um, it calms me down just have you count. guys ever done those dot to dots? They're these big books that you just have to connect the dots. Those are super meditative. Yeah. <laughs> so, Taylor, so, Taylor, all right, so, I, so here's like a question I always have to anybody that sure. opens a bookstore in our current world. When did you lose your mind? Well, when, when like, like, did you grow up living in books? I, I have a 22 year old daughter, and she grew up living in books. She used to carry she actually had a a wheeling bag when she was in fifth grade of books that she would be a loaning library to her friends so so cute Maya used to do that yeah yeah so I I love so what's your relationship to to that yeah I mean I grew up there's a famous picture of me at Gilgo Beach at five years old with a duffel bag of my essentials and you just see the books breaming out of them (laughs) um I you know when people get to know me it's never shocking that I somehow resemble like Scarlett O'Hara and Shirley <laughs> um, and all, Irene Adler, all of these wildly dramatic women. I grew up in books. It was just my escape for everything. I loved the stories. I loved the characters. Gilbert Blythe was my first crush. You know, um, I'm constantly looking for Rhett Butler to be oh, God. the man of my life. The Rhett Butler on the page, or the Rhett Butler that's on the film. So that's an interesting question. I happen to love them equally. Um, I do think that Mitchell's Butler in the book is a better man. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, he was still a rascal and, you know, he was he was a man He was of his my time. big crush oh too. My God. It I was mean, a simpler I, time. It was a simpler time. It For really my was. 10th birthday, my father had a um 
recreation of Scarlett O'Hara's curtain oh, dress you made are for just me. Killing yeah. me. Yeah, and it said to oh. Scarlett Love Rat, and it was green velvet, oh, and it had soul. it had a hoop underneath. I mean, it was amazing. Have you ever been down to the Cyclorama Dome in Atlanta? I haven't. It's on my list. All right, so you go there, and it's this bizarre place uh, where somebody did this ginormous canvas of Civil War battles that go. You sit still, and it goes around, mm -hmm. and as it goes around, you will see. Rhett Butler in it because they, really? they painted a minute. Yeah, yeah. Clark Gable. Clark Gable. Okay, yeah. yeah. I mean, so it was still very similar. So now we're getting yeah. into film versus you know, books. Like you said, I mean, they're all kind of now, especially with Netflix, intertwined in that sense. There's constantly just even when I watch a movie or stream a movie now, I find myself saying, "Well, what book is this based on?" It's definitely based on something, and researching that. Well, we should probably take another little break. Uh, you're listening to Sundays on the East End with Bridget Leroy. And Alex Sokolow. And we've got our guest Stephanie Krikorian, the author of Zen Bender and many other uh, books that she can't talk about. <laughs> and Taylor Berry from Berry and Company. We're here with our producer, Delaney Hafner. And uh, Jamie Gosney and Sarah James, my cousins from England, are here. Flew in from England. Yes, they did. And uh, you're listening to us on 88.3 WPPB FM, Long Island's only. And we'll be right back. song I wrote, you might want to sing it note for note, don't worry, be happy, in every life we have some trouble, but when you worry you make it double, don't worry, be happy, don't worry, be happy now. Welcome back. You're listening to Sundays on the East End. 
I'm Bridget Leroy. And I'm Alex Oclow. And we have our guests, Stephanie Krikorian and Taylor Berry. And you're listening to us. We're coming to you from the Bridgehampton Inn and Restaurant. Um, and you're listening to us on WPPB. Anyway, we were just having an offline conversation about social media and the things that we do and don't know. I got, I got I got off of social media uh, about a year and a half ago. Um, how I got on was a little weird, uh, which I hopefully can condense. But uh, my son hopefully I know right. Uh, my son's a musician. They'll fix he, it in post. He, Sorry. He, yeah, my, my son's a musician. He's fourteen. He's, we're out in L.A. He's got bandmates that are seventeen at a different high school. Mm-hmm. They need somebody over twenty-one to book the gigs for them. My son said, "Dad, can you do it? Great, I'll do it." And then the other two kids were like, well, you have to get on Facebook because we don't do emails and we don't do whatever. So I get on Facebook and I have like a fake name. I'm uh, F. Epstein Kincaid. Uh, Kincaid from the Park. Kincaid from, from the, the Partridge family. family. <laughs> Epstein from the Beatles. And and then I'm like, well, and the reason I did that was because I'm like, I'm going to join Facebook. I'm going to have two friends. They're going to be like 72-year-old boys. And I'm like, I can't do that. You know, like that's. <laughs> well, and Eli, right? Oh, no, you were doing it for I, Eli. Okay, but, let's give Eli's band a shout out. The Living Strange. The Living Strange. Please check them out on every possible platform. Um, and so I'm on it. And then that band broke up. And he's like, you can't be F. Epstein Kincaid anymore. <laughs> so then I became. And no, I had this great old um, uh, picture of an old monkey that was that was With the face. With J. Fred Muggs. No, 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 that was a monkey from the Scopes Monkey Trial. Oh, um, uh, and there was and, an actual monkey in the Scopes Monkey Trial. There's a famous I, picture. Yeah, yeah. And so then I became oh, um, right. Raj Montgomery Sidebottom. And Sidebottom. <laughs> Sidebottom. He pronounced it Sidi Botam. Okay. Um, and, and, okay, but wait, but okay. the point is, is that I you, got off it then because it yeah. was like you could tell it was obs- I was obsessing <laughs> on this. What's your point? My point was I was wasting time, valuable time. Valuable <laughs> minutes on the radio. Oh, my God. No, but, and, and, but what you said just before we came on the air was that you like not knowing I about... I love not knowing what's going on on social media. And I love not knowing about events, birthdays. I love not knowing about any of that. If it's important, I know I'll find out about it. And my thing is, I just sorry, just no, to, no, we'll, we'll get to our guests. Our guests will get to talk <laughs> yeah. eventually. Just, you guys just, we'll just hold... Say. Hold look your horses, pretty. okay? Right, just sit there and look pretty. Um, but my thing was that I, I haven't had TV in 15 years except like anything I stream. So I've like literally never seen a reality TV show. And of course, even during Authors Night, I guess there were like Real Housewives. There, people were sitting in front of me, like you know, You're already like out. smiling you at me. You couldn't tell by the like, like you know, the looking like I'm time lips. No, but like I was supposed to recognize <laughs> them, and and I just don't. I first of all, I don't watch TV news because I think it's entertainment journalism, and it's when when anyone's really Gnarly. angry. Dan, rather. Oh well, sorry. I mean, there's something called a newspaper, and you can read it. You can read a newspaper online. But the newspaper is always yesterday's news. That's not a very nice thing to say to someone like me. It is. <laughs> Take it back. Take it back. <laughs> I'm gonna hurt you. Unless there's an afternoon edition. <laughs> anyway, well, we live in the Hamptons, and things are a little slower out here. But you can always look at you know online. But I, I, I just think it's like entertainment journalism, and it's like reality TV almost now. So anyway, how do you guys handle your social media? Yeah. Um, I have a love-hate relationship with it. I hate that it consumes so much time that we've probably forfeited our ability to ever cure cancer and hunger because we're spending so much time looking at how many likes we have. And I don't like that the publishing industry, for example, uses it as a measure of whether your book is, you know, whether they'll acquire a book or not. If you have 100,000 Twitter followers, that's a big deal. And then they'll take, that's why all the housewives have books. And some, you know, real writers who are, they're real writers too, I take that back. Um, But, you know, there's 
right. you, people who don't function in that don't function world. is the first thing they check and I've seen it a lot with people I work for on the love it side I love I want to know everything that's going on in the world all the time. I love that. So, but there's all this false equivalency. Well, you have to. This is the thing. We have to teach people how to read it. That's the so problem. we need young self. Need we need filters. You but need that's, to know how well, to consume have, it. That's what it is. I think young people do need to understand this isn't. It's you not know, real. You post it's not real life. Real yeah. It's but it, not but always I, real I think life. I, I would just politely say it's not young. It's everybody. When you actually look sure at the is. state well, of the world, but the amount of disinformation and mis no, but the amount of disinformation and misinformation. And the, all of the algorithms that you're just getting more of your own bias fed back to you. Sure. It's really you're not conducive to um, hearing any I, other argument. I, sure. I want to say, though, also that goes for journalism, Stephanie. What you were saying about uh, getting likes and stuff is that that's what they teach now. Not at every journalism school, but that's a big part. This kind of like multimedia platform journalism where you will get more jobs if you like you'll get a, a job at a newspaper if you come in and say, look at all the Insta followers I have. And I don't really think that's true. I think you get a job if you're a really good writer. I you mean, still to, in the newspaper yeah, business. Sure. No, you still do in they the newspaper hand business. In, hand in some way, I think. And uh, I mean, arguably, people would say, don't you have more followers because you are really a good writer? Well, let me, I have a question for you. So uh -huh. like, you know, you have your store, Barry and Company, and, uh, and I'm guilty of this like everybody else. I would go into your previous store. I would look at a book, say, I, I like that book. I don't know if I want to buy it the second, and then I'll buy it on Amazon, mm -hmm. right? How do you combat that when you actually have a brick and mortar? That is a multi-level question. I think that it's something that it, it's training your customers. It's training. It's looking at you with very raised eyebrows and saying, how dare you do that to me? You know, you come into an independent bookstore, wherever it is, and you're reaping the benefits of us curating a selection and we don't have books that are necessarily bought space by the publishers and we don't have things and we get to pick smaller independent writers just because we love them not because somebody's telling us we have to have them or that's the book we have to press so you know sadly it's just about teaching our readers to have a better conscience and, or, knowing or, not to or, go on Amazon. and maybe another way of twisting it. I don't think it's sad. I, when I'm hearing that, I'm thinking what you're really doing is creating a relationship with somebody. Absolutely. And saying, hey, we we can have a dialogue. But don't you do that also with events? Because you host events there as well. So, so that gets people in the store. we host events, which bring people into the store. We host events both in and out of the store, which is a lot of fun. We'll do author events and bibliophile dinners and roving bookshops. And we kind of try and make accessible bookstores for everybody. So wherever you are, you could be be able to get books, which is important to me. Um, but I think that, you know, sadly, Amazon is a real thing. They just released the Handmaid's Tale sequel a week in advance. And there's nothing we could do about that. There's an embargo that, you know, booksellers are wow. not allowed to sell books in advance. And Amazon sent out over a thousand books or some, you know, up the, upwards of that. that wow. People got that book in advance. And if an independent bookstore did that, Penguin would have turned around and said, you're done. You're never getting a book early right. again. Right, but let me ask you this, right? Because we were talking, Bridget, you were saying uh, um, To Kill a Mockingbird that you're right. reading it now. I always think about books. I think about this about movies and the movies I've been involved with is that what you're really doing is kind of like you're building a ship that's going to go sail on the seas forever. And so that like good books live on forever. Absolutely. So that when you have a bookstore... Yes, you need to have the new waves because it may be bringing people in, but I would like to think that it's actually going to encourage better writing overall or, or the better writing being celebrated overall. I would hope so. I think that classics, I hope that everybody read and reread classics often. I'm a big proponent of that, especially when I find myself in a book hangover and I can't find something that's sparking interest or sparking joy, I end up going back and rereading my favorites. I mean, oh, me I too. love To Kill a Mockingbird. I read it often. 
um, Atlas Shrugged, Tender Bar. I reread. Wow, you read really deep stuff. I mean, my my go to comfort book is the life. um, What's it called? The Life and Times of the Thunderbolt Kid, the Bill Bryson book. I love it. It's like light. It's like Bill Bryson. It it is, but it's kind of like the Wonder Years with cursing in it. Stephanie, so I have a question for you. when you were writing Zen Bender, did you have to find your own voice? Did you become a role? Well, like, were you ghostwriting yourself? Or? No, you know, when you work in the news, when you work in television, you read everything out loud so that you hear how it sounds when you say it, because someone's going to read it on the TV. And I think that's kind of how I write. Oh, so. I didn't mean to get to sh- throw shade on the TV journalism. Oh, no, it's okay. <laughs> it used to be different. I'm talking about changed. now. Yeah. And, you know, with social media, it's Jeez. become about getting it first, not getting it right. And that's a sad twist. Because well, and the 24-hour news cycle forever changed the idea of an editorial department. Yes, I think everything shifted. But... Um, no, but in terms of my own writing, I'm, I'm, I think of myself as a voicey writer. It sounds like I'm talking. I had friends who said, oh, I feel like I had 12 conversations well, well, with you today. When <laughs> I was perusing your book, I'm not going to say I read the whole book, but when I was perusing your book, I thought it was so conversational, and I really enjoyed your voice. And I just was wondering, like, you're, you have become, you've built a, a, a bit of a career finding other people's voices. And so how do you keep your own voice? Well, it's funny. I did one book for somebody and she said, um, hey, I could, I love, I love this work. I, um, (laughs) (laughs) she said, um, I, I really felt your sense of humor when I read it. And I thought, I didn't want to give you my sense of humor. That's That's a mistake to me. Yeah. And that's mine. Because you don't want to editorialize while you're no, you're trying to capture someone else's yeah. voice, but then your own voice. Yeah, is I, did, I felt like that was sort of a you know a, a bit of a fail. Yeah, so. But also, <laughs> well, don't you feel often that people when they choose you to ghostwrite or when you get a ghostwriting position, they're they are choosing it somewhat based on you and the similarities that you would have with them? I think the vibe I have with them is super important because you know sometimes these things end in tears where they've said personal. something they don't want to say and they're telling me some very personal stories. You know, one woman had to tell me about the series of sex tapes she made and. And I was like, wow, okay. Powerful. So, <laughs> and stop whispering names. It's like so, there's a ghost. It's not Alex Oclo, it's the ghost the of the ghost Bridgehampton Inn. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I. But what's a, what is up with like I've never? I'm, I know I'm the only man at this conversation right now. I've never ever of, wanted any proof of any intimate act. <laughs> I knew this was going to be a sex tape question. Yeah. <laughs> like, why? what is this narcissism that some people have with wanting to film themselves? I think in it's that? very short-sighted myself, so I, I don't know. Did you're, you you're... see the study recently? <laughs> I forget who did it, um, but that during sex tapes, they, they taped people having sex, and the women always watched themselves, and the men always watched the women, but the women were always watching themselves. I thought the men were oh. watching sports. Hey, if you do it right, it could be a sport. So anyway, that's probably another good place to take our last break. Oh my God, this we we just keep going there, don't we? On and off the air. You started it. He started it with the you started it, Stephanie, with sex tapes. You did. You brought up. You can't bring up sex when it's when we're in the room. Anyway, you're listening to Sundays on the East End with Bridget Leroy and Alex Ackler, and we'll be right back after this message. Thank you. 
Sundays on the East End with Bridget Leroy and Alex Sokolow. Coming to you from the Bridgehampton Inn and Restaurant. You're listening to us on 88.3 WPPB. You can also stream us online at 88.3WPPB.org. You can listen to us on your smart speaker, uh, all kinds of tune-in apps, Simple Radio. And we're here with Stephanie Krikorian, author of Zen Bender right. and Taylor Berry from Berry Books and Stephanie, what I love about your, your cover, um, amongst other things, um, is the little parenthetical at the end. Right, so the the title is Zen Bender, a decade-long enthusiastic quest to fix everything, and then the parenthetical, that was never broken. That came from my friend Sherry Rifkin, also a writer, and I walking up and down Gerard trying to come up with the subtitle. Oh, that's in Springs. And Just, in right. Springs, and it's the most beautiful little strip to walk. It's three miles, you know, back back and forth. And she that that parenthetical was hers and we stopped and we're like, That's it. That's but is, it. is that the theme of the book though? Is that you after the whole journey you find that Yes. All the answers were it's very um Wizard of Oz. Yeah. Yep. So Sorry. basically, you know, I felt that the more I dug for ways to fix myself, I hired a dating coach. I went to a dating seminar that said, if your hair is shiny, you'll look fertile and someone will marry you. Like crap like that, where I'm like, wow, and people, I'm people, and people, and, for that. And people get paid to do that. People get paid to do Which really talks about the sense of, of doubt, if not desperation, that people carry. Exactly. And so what I found was the more fixes that I kept coming across, the more I felt things must be broken and there must be something wrong and if there's all these coaches and all these diets and all you you know you've got to embrace all this stuff to figure it all out and I started doing it so you actually were like fire sorry trusting yourself less by going to these things because yes seeding control to all of these people until I have this epiphany on the Venice Pier out for a walk listening to the Venice Pier or the Santa Monica Pier Venice 
the, the, the one that's we just by went the from springs yeah. to California. Yeah, yeah. yeah. like very yeah. quickly. Sorry, I'll hop around. You can yeah. do that in your imagination. She's got, got a really good surf break. <laughs> just saying. While she was meditating. Well, right. I had come anyway. from this grueling session yeah. of Reiki, and I'm listening to a grueling session of Reiki. Right. No, she makes me sob every time I would sit on this rainbow teal. So, so you were the one being raped. And that's when I had this epiphany that oh my god, this is so dumb. This book is dumb. That is dumb. Everything is fine. Walking is my peace. And I already had all the tools to kind of make it happen. So it took, it was a decade long. I went on a bender chasing Zen. Zen bender. Yeah. I get it. You were on a bender. That's awesome. Brilliant. And, and uh, you, the book is out about two weeks. You're going to do a, a bit of a tour? A little tour. It's so funny to call it a tour. It sounds so fancy. But I'm <laughs> doing a book signing at Shakespeare Books in New York City on the Upper West Side on September 24th. Of 2019, because we don't know when this is going to be played. Then I'm going to Mystic, Connecticut, and Santa Barbara to a winery called Majorum. Marjoram. Oh, my God, I hope I said that right. And um, doing a signing there and then a few do other Do you have places. a website? I do, stephaniecrikorian.com, K-R-I-K-O-R-I-A-N. Okay, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and maybe we can do a signing and, at And we will place. do a signing at yeah. the yeah, and, and, yeah, and Taylor, like, and uh, in your own journey, do you also find, and I'm not trying to be um, a cliche here, but do you find that all the answers are inside? No. <laughs> um, no, I don't. I, I am a seeker by nature. Yeah, and I I find that I probably hoard all of the answers in some way I'm in reading and conversations and but I, I don't know that I think that they're all from within I mean certainly a lot of them are and if I take a beat and pause and say oh you know okay yes mm -hmm. I knew that but I think I, I definitely find a lot and sponge from a lot of people I do think that was one other conclusion I think there is a tiny thread of information or something that helps from everything you do because I'm a curious person right. by nature so I don't want to dismiss it all I just say don't dive in you know you know full on take that tiny thing and trust yourself and combine those things right, right. Well, I think and find what's best for you it's not it and I guess yes it's it is all within in some way but, but I but, just but am you not but you create space that people you ask people invite people in saying Correct. this is where you can helpfully find a more authentic but you have form to go you have to see this bookstore it's adorable you'll hit I'm your also, head but. i also think <laughs> i'm in a scenario we have vaulted ceilings i'm in oh. a scenario where i am lucky that i'm engaging constantly with so many different people mm. that i would be kind of foolish i think to say to close myself off and not allow those parts but when I pause and I take a deep breath, I do know that it's all stuff that's somewhere there. Right. But I'm a big deep breath person. I think you should take a deep breath before you do absolutely anything. That's Shoot off advice. that email. I think so too, but I don't actually do it. Well, I agree I with you in principle, but well, that do. is not me. My but mother I wish was the I mother was. that you'd call sobbing, and she'd be like, "Okay, take three deep breaths with me now," you know, yeah. and then you'd and then she'd let you speak. So I think that's just my nature. Now right. at this point, right? Do you have and you have a website too? I do. It's barryandcosagharbor.com. So is it is it an ampersand or it is, is it the word and? So Barry like a strawberry. Barry like and Barry. Barry and, and Co. co. .com. And okay, our cool. social media is probably the easiest way to get. Interesting us how you would spell out and but not company. Yeah, you know, I realized that I just had too many letters in that website if I spelled out company. Yeah. Um, and apparently, you are not supposed to use symbols in websites. Oh. They don't like that. 
They don't. Who, Who's who they? they? <laughs> the, the, the masses. They. they don't. It's not. It's not. Jeffrey Bezos. The, it or? Was, we don't. Bezos could suck an egg. Stop talking <laughs> about him. No, 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 no. Uh, I don't know who they are. This goes back to. I mean, I read eight books a week, so I'm constantly, like, again, wow. hoarding information from people. And there's there are several studies about that instinctually, when people type websites, they wouldn't type the oh, symbol the ampersand. Right. They would, whether it be a plus sign, an ampersand, whatever it is, they would type it out first. So. That was my choice there. And you cool. don't just carry books. You have lots of other, you have the CBD products. So you have is, soap, my favorite soap. soaps. No, I but the, I love soap. that soap. Those I give it as gifts funny. to everybody. Yeah, they're the very Whiskey funny. River soaps. Very um, funny. They have book people soap, writer's block soap, cat people soap. It's very funny. Um, it's books, tea, and et al. is what we call the store. And it's a little bit of everything. And herbs. Gifts, mm. witchy stuff. Lots of witchy stuff. Rituals, yeah, I love kids, witch- herbs, teas. I love making teas. How do you pronounce the word T-I-S-A-N-E? T-Sane. T-Sane, okay, good, thank Which you. Which is anything good herbal. Right, right, so you can be T-Sane in the membrane? T-Sane in the membrane. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's probably a good place for us to wrap it up. Well, but before we do, though, I just would like to know from Stephanie, where should I read Zenbender? Oh, that's an interesting in question. Yeah, that, that's, that's a good question. Where, <laughs> like, in my life, as I'm going through my day, what's the perfect place when you were writing this book that you said, I, I want somebody to read this well, for me, it was on the beach because that's my that's my happy place. We were talking about happy. God, place. that's I so not my happy place. Really? Get sand everywhere oh and there's God, bugs and they get bitten and get wet. Wow. I don't like any place. Really? I'm I'm just the only. You know what I do to relax? I work harder. Wow. No, I love the beach. That's where you I sure would you're say. Sure, not German. <laughs> <laughs> I was probably adopted. That's that's something else. But yeah, it's a different. Interview. So yeah, so reading your book of wherever makes you happy. Well, probably. wherever makes you happy, light a candle, sit somewhere with a breeze, and go Very for cool. it. Very cool. I think Barry and, and, and Company is one um, of my happy as places. We're, as we're saying goodbye for for this episode, um, what's your favorite book? I know you talked about the books. Like right now, like it's what what book's question. living inside of you? You can't see my face because this is an interview on the radio. It, but um, yeah. the my f- at the moment, I, like what what I book mean, is living inside of you right now? All of them. Um, no, I, I always say my top three, uh, which is Tender Bar, Atlas Shrugged, and Gone with the Wind. Yeah, Tender Bar is a great Tender book. Tender Bar is one of my all-time yeah, yeah. favorites. Um, Jeremy Ringer is the most brilliant writer of our time. Um, I, I was all- a little laissez-faire on Atlas Shrugged. I mean, it's it's a controversial t- <laughs> topic. We can have a different conversation <laughs> about that. Um, but no, I mean, I think the story of, of Atlas Shrugged is incredible, and I think Dagny Taggart's a phenomenal female character. But right now, Time After Time, which was written by a woman oh, named love- Lisa Grumwald, yeah. is, is the book of the summer that I loved that I couldn't stop reading. Yes. It's historical fiction. It was really lovely. It takes place in Grand Central Station. It's gorgeous. Um, it's really, really, really beautiful. It's part love story, part historical fiction, part a little bit of mysticism, which I always like throwing in that magic. Yeah, me too. That that's the kind of books I love. One. Did you read uh, Where the Crawdads Sing? <gasps> I didn't. I know. That's, that's, that's that, I would have said. It yeah. was the book of favorite. the summer. Yeah, yeah I love that. Too. I'm going to read it in the fall. Yeah. No, my my girlfriend just finished it last night. Oh. And, so I, and I, she's been telling me like Oh, it's so good. Alec, the, what's your favorite book? My favorite book, well, I am reading a book. I'm going to screw up the title. I think it's called How We Fuck Things Up. I can't say the yes. word fuck. No, yeah. Okay. That's, it's a great <laughs> series. Just in the last minute, I asked the I'm question so to sorry, get to the... Um, yeah. No, it's, it's I'm enjoying that book. It's really good yeah. writing. And uh, again, it's one of those books where it's helping me to understand the world. So mm-hmm. I really enjoy books like that. So that's the What's book. What's your I'm, favorite book, Stephanie? Uh, I would have said The Crawdads, and i give you two others. Um, from, from back in the day, Bel Canto, I loved that almost nothing happened. And then there's this huge 
payoff like in the last 10 pages and Patchett who owns love. an independent bookstore as L-O-V-E well love. Oh, yeah. in Nashville and the con- as a as a mo- current nonfiction the confidence code so I was like fine. reading the story of my life of standing in the back of a meeting instead of taking the seat at the table and the way women um, that some of it's in our DNA and some of it's learned and, and you know what they say confidence. is if you don't have a seat at the table then you're part of the meal <laughs> <laughs> All right, Alec. Well, this has been a really amazing conversation. We could just keep talking about books. We're all book lovers, Mm -hmm. bibliophiles, and uh, it's just been great. It is. It's nice to see you again. Yeah, really nice to see you, too. We had a little break, and now we're here at the Bridgehampton Inn and Restaurant. We'll be coming from here every week for, for quite a while. Awesome. Yeah. So thank you, Stephanie Kikorian, so your book Zen Bender, and Taylor Berry. You know, I'll see you because that is one of my happy Please places. Please get to Division Street. Yeah, Division Street get above Jack Sturbrew Coffee. Where you can it's- buy Zen Bender. Yeah. Well, now you better get it on the shelves. You better run right now and get on the shelves. Uh, And we're coming to you from Bridgehampton Inn and Restaurant. You're listening to us on 88.3 WPPB FM. And uh, we'll be back next week. Yeah, everybody have a good week. Uh, Read a book this week. Be well, stay well. any longer. You've always had the power to go back to Kansas. I have. Then why didn't you tell her before? Because she wouldn't have believed me. She had to learn it for herself. What have you learned, Dorothy? Well, I think that it, that it wasn't enough just to want to see Uncle Henry and Auntie M. And it's that if I ever go looking for my heart's desire again, I won't look any further than my own backyard. Because if it isn't there, I never really lost it to begin with.